COVID-19 has postponed the process that was put in train when the university came up with their master plan, I think uh, about 18 months ago. And um, that's given us pause so that they can't proceed because they don't have the students they thought they would have. What can be done in this pause? What is there there's something concrete that can be done to find out what people want to change the way the process? Yeah, I think COVID completely reshaped everything and it was a very unfortunate time, especially in the people in other places because I think if I want to go a bit general and as a person who is following the news and everything from other side, um, Australian context is more like a bubble. We don't know what's going around. I was uh, seeing people just ordering food from uh, very, you know, unnecessary hours of the day. And I was listening to a podcast from David Harvey, which was saying there is a mass hunger coming in South America. So there must be a collective work of people get together and start to think about ourselves. Otherwise, politicians are not going to think about us because if you check out, the rich is getting richer and the poor is getting poorer. And Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk are just boosting their uh, incomes and competing with, with each other. And our discussions about who is the richest person uh, according to Bloomberg or the this side or that side that hundreds of thousands of people are dying and starving and just having a very bad uh, conditions because of the COVID. Having said that, I think it's a good opportunity to rethink about everything and how we can go sustainable, how we can come up with more user-friendly solutions for design and how we can rethink about the future because that model was not a very useful one that can run out all the time and sustain the economy, which was pre-COVID time. Okay, I've got quite a lot of material now, but I wanted to ask you each um, if you want to add anything. Adele? Yeah. Um, I was listening to someone speak this morning about um, Scott Morrison's fears for um, universities turning back into left-wing radical places <laughs> um, and um, and that's why he uh, reduced the course fees for some courses and none of them were like arts or politics or anything but I think that there was a little bit of a mistake in that because uh, he reduced the course fees for architecture too and I think he didn't realize um, just how political architecture can be don't say that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, one has to ask whether the Prime Minister really is on the ball too. <laughs> what about you, Thomas? Like, what do you want to add? My exhibit in this exhibition was a series of recordings from 4ZZZ who broadcast from the Union building um, between, I think, 75 and 89, there, thereabouts. The, we can hear them in the background. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the exhibition was... It, or the exhibit, it was about the idea um, that 4ZZZ was able to kind of expand the reach of the union complex in terms of people who experienced the place because um, they broadcast from joint efforts that they were having in the car park or in the refect and people would kind of listen and call in and feel kind of involved and connected to the place even though they might not have actually physically been there.
Um, and it's just an interesting idea about how broadcast and um, medium can create uh, feelings of place and make people culturally aware of places, um, you know, just as much as physical architecture in some cases. Music is a very important part of our existence and it would be good if we could reflect upon the, the space and potential of space through music. Have you got any suggestions that gives us a bit of an understanding of that? I started to get in touch with Aboriginal culture and Aboriginal uh, heritage before coming to Australia and I didn't know anything about it and I didn't know how to pay my respect and how to be respectful for these people because I think even I cannot find words to describe the things happened and I would prefer to just keep my silence on that side. Mm. Uh, so with my friend, uh, because in 2017 when I came up uh, with the instrument didgeridoo, I started to say, I don't know why, but this instrument is just getting more and more um, in my soul and in my brain. And I said, why not give a try before knowing anything in the background? So I ordered the didgeridoo, which was not an original one. Uh, and I started to play didgeridoo, again, without having a single idea about one day I will come to Australia and end up here doing my PhD. So a friend of mine who is a very professional um, ney player, and ney is a traditional flute in Turkey, and it's the sound of sorrow and all sadness, but also happiness and everything. And again, it's like a ditch, it's completely empty uh, in itself, but rich in its soul and its um, background and its musical um, um, uh, site. So we came up with the idea of that we can have mini concerts that I start to play ditch in drone sound and again having a more of, uh, uh, alliance with the uh, original and traditional way of playing ditch rather than uh, having very contemporary uh, ways, which I'm also a bit skeptical about it. So we came up with some mini concerts in Turkey that I was playing ditch, a side nay, and combining uh, traditions and histories of uh, both uh, countries and uh, both landscape, which was very special for me because Australia for me was like a dream to come over here when I was doing my bachelor's, but I never had any idea or clue that I can come over here. So I think there are some spiritual sides of it as well that I came up on this side. So if I can get the permission from uh, the descendants of uh, Aboriginal people, I would like to have a few pieces of me and Sarjan Peshan, who is the traditional uh, flute player uh, on the program. And I remember I did lots of research when I was playing ditch. And actually, Sarjan started to tell very old stories from Anatolian um, uh, heritage. And actually, I was exactly playing ditch uh, like one of the tribe members and imitating sounds when he was um, telling the story. So it was storytelling process with ditch. And 
I was very pleased and happy when I when I was seeing children coming to our uh, gatherings and falling asleep when he was uh, uh, telling his stories and we had lots of emotional um, uh, scenes as well. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, you know, my, my own comment would be that there is a synthesis of Anatolian and Aboriginal um, music, songlines, which reflect country and, and the feelings of people. And interestingly, in this part of Australia, in southeast Queensland, the one of the, well, the most famous song, which is accompanied by didge and by dance, is Gary and Danami. But it's not actually the song of this country, because we're on Jagera and Turrbal country here, but is the, um, uh, the song of Waka Waka people, but because of colonisation, where everyone was, was brought and told to go to various different places, the cultures all intermingled. That song, Gary and Danami, that we play on the intro of our, our show, The Paradigm Shift, that song has become the song of Brisbane Blacks, and wow. they can be people of any tribe. And I'll have to introduce you to some of the, um, on Invasion Day, for example. I would love to. The, um, the man who played uh, Didge this year was Mudj. Uh, his name, his Fogarty is his sort of Anglo name. And, and he, he, he sang the song and he gets the, the, the young dancers to dance to Gary and Danami. And all it means is really welcome to this place. Our spirit is here, but when you leave, may our spirit go with you. So it's a very simple but beautiful yeah, music. Great. Thanks a lot. Thank to you. all of you. Thank you so <laughs> much.